what's going on? Happy Thursday, everybody. Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it today. What Vince Coakley earlier in the uh, morning called the elephant in the room. Right, uh, it, It's now the time for recriminations and allegations. <laughs> Is Trump damaged goods? To what do we owe the red ripple versus a wave? What role did Trump play or not? Is he going to make his announcement and he's going to he's going to announce he's running for president? I'm, that's my expectation. I have no idea, though. Also, the the leaks continue from inside his circle of advisors, which my goodness. Why are you why? Why do you have people around you that are talking to Maggie Haberman and Jim Acosta still? How is that even possible? Just Blow out all of your advisors. Just get rid of every one of them. I don't care if they're related to you or not. You obviously cannot trust anybody in your entire circle because somebody keeps leaking to Jim Acosta and Maggie Haberman. I mean, when Trump isn't talking to Haberman himself. Um, well, he did for those for her book. It's just amazing to me. Just amazing to me. But first, I want to wish a happy birthday to the United States Marine Corps. First in, last out. Happy birthday, Marines. Indeed, Semper Fidelis. Um, also, it's WBT Day, 1110. Coincidence? Yes. But um, I'll take it. So the red wave that wasn't. This is a piece by David Siders from Politico. I know, I know Politico. But there are two questions here that uh, I want to ask that he's not asking really the, you know, Trump supporters, and even Trump detractors on the right. These are things that he's assessing as a Politico reporter. He says Trump's place in the party is far weaker now than it was before Tuesday. And I'm curious if you think that's true. Is Trump weaker now than he was before the election? And then the second premise that this guy writes, uh, David Siders at Politico, he says, truth is, I'm not sure if this is the truth, this is his opinion that he's asserting. He says, truth is, if not for the former president's interventions, the night could have been a lot better for the GOP. So there's a weasel word in there. Could. Right? It, It could have been better. It could have been worse. It could have been a little better. It could have been a little worse. Right? There's a lot of room for wiggling in there, as uh, most journalists use this sort of wiggle, uh, these sorts of wiggle words. That's why you get the things like some say, or it'll be interesting to see. Right? It's the way to advance a certain story or an opinion without saying, yo, this is my opinion. But he starts off by saying the truth is the night could have been better. Well, I mean, I guess that is the truth, but it also could have been worse because it's completely speculative uh, speculative, and therefore worthless. But do you think it could have been? Do you th- well, Let's say it this way. Do you think it would have been? Do you think that had, Do- uh, had Donald Trump not intervened in all of the races he did, that it would have been worse? Or do you think he helped? Because this is going to be right. This uh, this is going to be the the issue now for the Republicans to sort through. 
What kind of an impact did he have? What kind of an impact will he have in 24? Does DeSantis get in against him? Right, you got a lot of questions like this. We're going to talk to Rich Rubino uh, at one o'clock in this at the start of the next hour as well about uh, some of the results. And uh, I don't know about you, but this looks an awful lot like 1946 to me. No, I'm, I have no idea. I just I, <laughs> I saw he said that uh, Rubino said that, so I'm going to ask him about it. How does this look like 1946? Um, and he makes a pretty compelling argument, I think. So we'll get to that at, at 1 o'clock. But in the meantime, we're going to cover this elephant in the room, right? This is the, this is the next challenge that the Republican Party is going to have to undertake. Now, I am generally speaking, I am an all-of-the-above kind of guy when it comes to letting people have options to choose what they want to do. And, and uh, this is one of those instances where I think there is plenty of uh, criticism and blame to cast all over the place. I do. I think uh, I think Donald Trump is a drag on certain candidates in certain districts in certain states. Uh, I think he's his own worst enemy. I think he's undisciplined. I also think that Mitch McConnell making comments that he did and uh, McCarthy and sort of the quote-unquote establishment wing, which I remember and am still not pleased with these guys, who crushed the Tea Party movement back in 2012. I'm not, so I'm not fans of them. But I also think that there is an opportunity for the Republican Party if they start adopting some, um, some measures and policies and planks in a platform that are going to attract and retain certain voters that they are now seeing testing the waters, so to speak, right? The, the people who are like, well, I'm not really cool with what's going on. I don't really like all of this stuff getting taught here in the schools and all that. And, uh, yeah, I think that the Republican Party has an opportunity. Unfortunately for a lot of the establishment types, it's going to be offering up certain policies and ideas that they may not be cool with, the biggest one being immigration, They're going to have to do something about border control and immigration. And for too long, the Republican leadership has been fine with the status quo system where we all kind of turn a blind eye to all of the uh, illegal immigration. And the GOP has been willing to do that because it's been good for business. Now, I think uh, the ties between big business and the GOP are, are very much more frayed now than they used to be. And I went over this a couple of uh, days ago. This is really the natural balance of things, if you think about it, right? Big business that uses government in order to protect itself, that is not, the Republican Party is not a natural home for them because, ostensibly, they are a party of limited government. And that's, I also recognize this is a difficult sell to people who look at government as Santa Claus. And... You know, you get people who come along and say, well, I'm for limited government, so I don't want to give you anything. I, I promise you nothing, right? Like, that's the campaign pitch. That's a difficult <laughs> that's a difficult sale when you're offering next to nothing. So the Republicans, I think, are going to have to figure out a way to come up with freedom-first types of policies and, yes, America-first policies that recruit and attract working, uh, working class, blue-collar voters – 
that have been disaffected by the Democrats, which are sorting themselves into this, I call them the Elysium Party, right, where you have the uber elites, the managerial class, uh, the people that work in and around the sort of cottage industries of government, and then you've got the the poor and minority way at, at the bottom of that economic ladder, and you've got all of this middle class that is being hollowed out, thank you, NAFTA and such, but you got all of the the middle class getting hollowed out. Oh, I should also throw inflation on there and monetary policy, right? It, and they are disaffected. They are not cool with what the managerial class is doing because that includes academia. And those folks, they're crazy. They have dragged the Democrat Party so far off into radical la-la land that the that, that sane people inside the Democrat Party, they're, they're leaving. They're becoming unaffiliated. You see it now in North Carolina, right? Unaffiliated are the biggest group now. By the way, I did um, – I will get to this. I saw uh, – was it Jason? He sent me a, he sent me a breakdown in um, the total votes in North Carolina. This is, this is a big argument that the left uh, has used in the gerrymandering debates about, oh, you know, we get more votes across the state for these congressional races, so we should have more seats. Well, guess who got more votes this time? Republicans did. And by the way, that was across America. Republicans got more votes. If you take all of the House races, combine them, Republicans got more votes than Democrats did. And so according to your argument, Democrats, that means we are entitled, right? Fair maps would dictate that we get way more vote, uh, way more seats. We're going to get into state stuff as well. I got some school board stuff, uh, Charlotte Mecklenburg school board stuff as well. And the superintendent now just quit. So things are going well at CMS. Yeah. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Is Donald Trump weaker now than he was on Monday before the election? What do you think? 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Got an email here from... Gregory, uh, and he says, um, you know, we're talking about, and I have talked about the, you know, we're witnessing a realignment, a political realignment right now. And so this is going to be messy. You see it, you know, between the two parties, you see it inside the parties. The other day I played some clips from Nathan Babcock, who's in charge of, you know, winning Senate seats in the North Carolina General Assembly, which he did. They they got the supermajority. And he said he looks at Uh, politics a lot like Survivor, where you have different coalitions that are, you know, in a sort of hierarchical structure in the political parties. And, you know, like you've got, you know, a lot of, you know, pro-abortion people, they're all in the Democrat Party, and that's their issue. They're over there, right? And they get to call a lot of shots. The the managerial class, whatever, uh, the teachers union, right? there's There's a hierarchy. Well, when you have one of the elements of the coalition, one cohort that starts feeling like they're being ignored, he says, they will then look to cut a deal with the other party if it means they can move up in that party's hierarchy. And that's why you have parties that that change, right? That they're these uh, the coalitions break ranks, they jump ship. You're seeing it with Hispanic voters. It continues to erode. Uh, the Democratic Party continues to lose uh, Hispanic voters. 
They still have a majority, but they continue to lose it. I've got some of the data there. They lost a lot of uh, black voters as well. I think now there are five black Republicans in the Congress, and that's you haven't seen those numbers since Reconstruction. So there is a movement occurring. This is the realignment as it's occurring. So Gregory says, yes, it's a realignment, and it's rapidly becoming working class across the board, all races. But it's not as much coalitions as it is the underlying questions that those coalitions think they can have addressed by voting for the respective party. So what are those emerging questions? Right. Well, yes, because on the on the Republican side, it's more of a it's more philosophy than identity politics. So I think that's sort of the. The the Democrats mainly align themselves in this intersectionality view of politics uh, that says, you know, I am this person because everybody identifies themselves now via politics. And they're like, so I am, you know, I am a a white male uh, college graduate, whatever. And and but but my you know interests intersect with you who are not those things. But we have a similar intersection of a particular interest, whatever. But identity politics is more the norm. It's sort of the the entry point for the Democrats and not so for Republicans. If anything, Republicans almost go uh, almost need to go out of their way to praise and support and welcome the um, uh, the, the non white, non male candidates, it seems right. They're always like, hey, yes, please come over here. They're they're doing more outreach. I've covered this as well. There's uh, there are. Uh, under-the-radar, off-the-record kinds of efforts in North Carolina doing, like, family night. Remember this story where we talked about there was a, a lefty guy at a publication who was all upset that Republicans were doing pizza night, family night, in uh, black and, uh, I think, Lumbee uh, Indian areas and Hispanic areas, bringing people together, giving them food, hanging out. And they're not advertising it on Facebook, and this lefty reporter was very upset, like, oh, my gosh, what are they doing? They're doing outreach. That's the way you build your party. That's the way you build your coalition. And if you get people to stop thinking strictly in terms of the immutable characteristics of, you know, race and gender uh, and and, and religion, and you just go with, hey, this is our philosophy for governing, which is limited government, then that's sort of the, that's the cover charge. That's what, that that gets you into the, the party. And so what are these issues that might get people into the party when identity politics does not. Gregory says school choice, sex education in the schools, like why are they doing all of this for the K through three, you know, jobs, globalism, transgender issues, abortion, crime, patriotism, right? These are the questions that are that are prompting people to to move And it looks like the coalition that we identify as a particular race or an income level. And Gregory suggests that it's actually about the issues that are important to the members of those cohorts. So that's an interesting take. Gregory, I appreciate the email. You can email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. You can also call 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. We are uh, talking about Trump's place in the party. Is it weaker or stronger after Tuesday? News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 
Is Trump's place in the GOP weaker today than it was before the election? Did Trump hurt the Republicans' chances for a, quote, red wave or not? What do you think? It's the second time. I was just about to pull her up to get her on the, and it's off the, uh, yeah, oh well. Missy, call back in. We've already dropped this call twice. I don't understand why. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here's an email from John. Oh, and the email is Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. John says, Pete, I voted for the guy twice, knowing who and what he was. His behavior now shows he is damaged goods, and I pray he doesn't run as a third-party candidate. I actually saw somebody on Twitter pose the question of, um, so what if Trump you know, announces he's running, which I think he will, um, so he announces he's running, and uh, then, and let's say DeSantis or somebody else doesn't have to be DeSantis, but let's say he's in the race. He runs against DeSantis and DeSantis beats him. Let's say that happens. What do you think Trump does then? Does he bow out gracefully, give an endorsement to DeSantis? <laughs> I mean, come on. You think he would do that? I don't think he would do that. You think he would go third party? Split Split those vote. Yeah, I don't know what to do. It's her phone. It's got to be her phone that keeps cutting out. Like literally, that's three three times I've tried to get to the tried to get to the call. And <laughs> anyway, uh, so does does Donald Trump go third party, or does he just like you know shoot the spitballs from the back of the class at uh, at whoever beats him in the primary? If that were to even happen, I'm not even so sure that he would lose in a primary again in 2024. Um. Here's another question I saw. If your coach of your team, let's just say it's the Panthers. If your coach had a losing season in 2018, in 2020, and then again in 2022, three straight seasons like that of losing, would you fire the coach? Now, on the other side of this ledger is the McConnell wing of the GOP. And while McConnell is a majority maker and he cares about that sort of thing, um, and he's good at it, he got the uh, you know the Supreme Court nominees in there, but he also puts money into campaigns to squash people that might pose a threat to him because he's a majority maker. And he wants to be Senate Majority Leader, so he poured up a whole bunch of money to get Lisa Murkowski back, right, in Alaska even though she is an unreliable Republican vote, to say the least, (laughs) right? To defeat an America first candidate. And we saw McConnell do this with the Tea Party folks, too. He crushed them. He started putting money. I think that's actually where a lot of this stuff started uh, with these primary fights. All right, so what do you think? Is Trump weaker now than he was before? Is he damaged goods? Did Did he hurt the GOP chances, or is it the opposite? 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Let's get to Dave. Welcome to the program. Hey, Dave. Hey, Pete. Hey. I, 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 I'll forgive you for not doing the vote, vote, vote thing that I asked you to do the other day. That's no problem. We still got some stuff done at the polls on Tuesday. I, to, I did not. I was not going to say vote, vote, vote for three straight hours. That was not going to happen. <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, listen. Trump needs to keep his stupid mouth shut. He's needed to keep it shut. 
from the get-go, he is so egotistical. We have got to point people to the platform. The platform, just like you were talking about earlier, the policies. We are principal people. We're not personally saying the gadgum beauty contest. We need to elect people that are going to stick to the plan that's already on the platform. We saw the success that Trump brought when he did it. We had to hold our nose because he was such a douchebag in terms of talking oh, about my people and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it's just terrible. But but we, we I vote. I will never, ever be able to vote for a Democratic-affiliated person who aligns themselves with their platform. I can't. I can't vote for somebody. And we can go through the litany of all the horrible things. You went, did a good job of going through it earlier. Yeah, well, so, yeah, the... Trump Trump just needs to keep his mouth shut. I think he's weaker. I think his pot shot at DeSantis was totally uncalled for. And he's going to alienate himself again from a lot of people. Do you think, uh, have you heard, uh, what's her name, Kaylee McEnany, uh, his former press secretary? She had, she told him stay out of Georgia. Just don't in this runoff race to to for Herschel Walker against Raphael Warnock. Do you think smart lady, smart lady? Yeah. Uh, he 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 appeals to a certain group of people, but unfortunately, those group of people aren't enough to get him elected. And and the 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 Nick the the. Uh, the Y'all, what's the dude's thing you're just talking about in the Senate that, that screws up everything by throwing his money around and trying to keep the status quo? By the way, that's not not the uh, the status quo thing in the GOP is not limited to Washington, sadly. Uh, we come up against it here in Union County, quite frankly, and I'm probably going to piss off a whole lot of people by saying that, but I frankly don't care. We have got to keep conservatives in office. We've got to keep people with a backbone in office that will stand up and do what's right for our people and our country. And until we do that, I'm going to be on these people like white on rice. I, I appreciate them. I appreciate what they've done for the party. But they have, we cannot continue to rest on our laurels. Complacency is going to kill us, and it's going to kill our nation. Dave, thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks, your work bud. at the polls, too. Yeah. All right, yeah. Bud. All right. See ya. Uh, and this is look. This is one of the things people can complain about the way things are in the in the status quo. But there are ways that you can help. There are ways to get involved, and there are ways to help direct the outcomes and influence the outcomes. And by the way, um, just because there wasn't the anticipated quote red wave, and and there's still a lot of dust that has to settle. I mean, we still don't know. Was it Nevada and Arizona? And I think each of those states has like 17 or 18 billion people in them each, and that's why it takes so long to count all of the votes. That's the only explanation I can think of. Seriously, what is, what is going on, you people? It's ridiculous. Get your crap sorted out. Sorry. no, uh, Nobody in Arizona or Nevada heard that. But they should. They should have, yeah. They need to get their, they need to get their stuff settled. But that being said... Just because we haven't seen the, quote, red wave that was going to be this, you know, this huge washing out of Democrats, um, that does not mean that this that that there was not this was not a good night for Republicans in a lot of ways. It was there was a lot of good stuff that came out of it. And look, there there is an interest in Democrat circles uh, with their allies in the media. There is an interest in demoralizing people on the right. Absolutely. And so if they want if they see that people are disappointed in the in the way things turned out it 
it behooves them to pile on and tell us, hey, this was way worse, and you guys didn't win anything, and you could have had all of this, and you didn't get any of it, and it's because of Donald Trump. So, like, there were all these different angles at play. You try to see them. I try to see them. I try to, you know, I want eyes wide open. I want to, I want to see, you know, who's saying what, what interest do they have in trying to make me feel a certain way or act a certain way. So what do you think? Do you think Trump comes out weaker? I tend to think he might have. And I tend to think that because I've seen what he has said since. And I think he, I think his words indicate that he may perceive himself to be weaker. Reminder, the Charlotte Auto Show back at the convention center in Uptown. It's the 29th year Charlotte Auto Show. Starts Thursday, November 17th, so a week from today. It's also going to be Hero Day. Brett Winterbull is going to be down there. And uh, anybody with an ID, got to have an ID, for uh, for free entry to the auto show. If you got an ID for active military and veterans, first responders, teachers, and uh, people in the medical community, it's Hero Day. Take advantage. Uh, Winnable will be doing a show down there at 3 o'clock, uh, but the auto show runs all the way through Sunday, 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 November 20th. Go check it out. All right, so is Donald Trump damaged goods? Is he weaker today than he was before Tuesday? What do you think? 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Here is Jane. Welcome to the program. Jane, how are you? Uh, fine, thank you, uh, Pete. I want to say that uh, I don't think Trump is weaker. I think he's learning a lesson that uh, you have to be smart when you speak. You can't just blurt out anything like that gentleman that you talked to before. He was somewhat crass, and he was kind of just like Mr. Trump. You have to be smart. He, he, he was raised in New York. He knows how to deal with things, and I think that might be a lesson that he'll be learning that you can't be just telling everything off. You have to be a little smart about your politics. Wait, 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 wait. You think Donald Trump is learning a lesson? I do think he's learning. I don't think we heard him as much this year uh, as we normally, when he was running, we heard him every time, but we haven't heard him that much. I have not heard him that much, no. Are you on Truth Social? Well, I I can tell you this. I go everywhere, and when I... Whenever I'm waiting, I ask people what they think, and they all are supporting Mr. Trump. I'm supporting Mr. Trump. I don't go with the crowd. If the crowd says to jump over the cliff, are y'all going to jump over the cliff? I think Mr. Trump has done a great service. Oh, okay. All right. Hang on, hang on. Jane, Jane. Else would do. Hang on, Jane. All right. Just please stop. Um, I, I'm not trying to get into uh, political stump speeches for Donald Trump. He hasn't even declared his candidacy. All I'm asking is whether or not he is, he is weaker now than he was before, why or why not, right? And um, you said he was, that he has learned, that he's learning a lesson that he can't just run his mouth. And first off, I would disagree that he's learning a lesson because there's, there, there isn't anything in his past performance that indicates to me, at least, that he is capable of learning lessons. But, I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. It just seems to me like he doesn't because he keeps doing these things. And when you said he's not running his mouth as much now, so now I'm asking, what is the evidence of that, that he's not running his mouth as much, because I would submit he he does run his mouth on Truth Social, but because he got knocked off of Twitter and he's not the president anymore, uh, that people aren't paying as much attention to him now as they were when he was president and when he was running for president. But all of that's going to change now that the midterms are behind us. So I, I'm not sure. Uh, so I, I'm asking for the evidence 
behind your your assertion that he's learning a lesson and he's not speaking out like he uh, in these ways that he used to. Uh, I do. I listen to TV Fox a lot. And I hear a lot of the people who worked with him, mm-hmm. and they advised him on a lot of things. And he went along with a lot of the advice they gave him, so he can do that. Yeah. And I think people That's will different. give him good advice. I think he's done a great service for this country. Okay. Uh, he lowered the gas. Uh, Again, Jane. Jane, this is not Jane. Hang, Jane. Jane. Everybody I know is supporting. That's him. fantastic, and Jane. You and everyone you know is supporting. Jane. You and everybody you know is supporting Donald Trump. That's fine. Again, not what I'm asking, though. I'm asking, what is the evidence that the, the your assertion was that he's learning a lesson? And I'm asking you for the evidence that would prove that or just or or at least support that. And him listening to advisors when he was president, that that's that's not related to that, uh, because this is. Okay, this- I'm going to say that uh, I think he's still he's not that weak. I think he uh, people will support him. And I, I'm not going to go with the crowd that someone, and the Democrats can start this. Let's, oh, he's weakened, he's weakened. That's what CNN wants to do. If you want to join CNN, go for it. But no, I don't think he's weakened. I think he's going to run. And Why would? I for him every day. And well, all right, so. I, I really believe he's going to win again. Okay, fine. So uh, why would you, th- why would it be that uh, if you think he is weakened, that then that means you need to go to CNN or something? Do, so no, is it, I, is I in a. Go to CNN, it, uh, I listen to Fox. I understand, Jane. You said, Jane. You said that. I think it's sometimes uh, we all, you know, we all think we know what we're doing, but then we can hear some advice sometimes, and then we can recalculate what we're doing. I do that sometimes. I'm not perfect, and I know you're not either, Pete. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we see things and think, well, maybe I should re readjust that or rethink that. Except for Trump. People do that. And I think that he's possibly doing that. But give him a chance. He's not perfect, and neither are you, and neither am I. No, I, nobody is claiming anyone is perfect. What we are discussing is whether or not. Push him off the edge. <laughs> Jane, what edge? He's not. The guy was a president. He was our president for four years, yes, right? I'm aware and he's. Yeah, so, like, what edge? It, this is a matter of, of assessing his strength when he asserts himself into or inserts himself into these races, right? He wants to be a kingmaker. And part of that job then is a comes with the territory is a critique, is an assessment of whether or not the kingmaker is actually making kings, right? I just believe that uh, you either like him or you don't like him. If you never liked him like you, uh, you will never like him. And that's This has nothing to do with whether I like him or not. And they're not going to change, Pete. Well, same for you, Jane. You love him so much that you can't even do a rational assessment when I, I asked. Do rational you're not doing a rational, Jane, you're not doing a rational assessment. You're not. Because you said he's learning a lesson. You made this I assertion. Think, I think sometimes people will see things and they will step back. Again, uh, he, I think he has an opportunity to do that. He's he's getting wiser every year. We get older, we get wiser. Thanks for the call, Jane. Yep, I appreciate it. See, I'll, here you go. I'll I'll make your argument for you, Jane. Here was your argument. He's learning a lesson. Oh, really? What's the lesson? How? What's the proof that he's learning this lesson that he shouldn't run his mouth so much? Response. Well, remember when he called Ron DeSantis Ron DeSanctimonious? And then the next day, he came out and said, you know, vote for Ron DeSantis. And then he said he voted for him. Like, that would have been an example. That would have been a proof. That would have been a piece of evidence you could have offered up to support your assertion. See, I, see I'm see, i able to think logically about this from both sides. Like, I, I can do that. 